get her connected. She is connected now. And here's some lovely poetry, very stimulating, thought-provoking, and excellently done. Oh, for a voice like thunder, and a tongue to drown the throat of war. When the senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness, who can stand? When the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages, who can stand? When the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together, who can stand? When sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death, when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the strain, oh, who can stand? this. Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? The kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. I guess. What an intro. Uh, that never ceases to move me, actually. So good morning, Wednesday edition here, May 24th. Roger Sales, your host, uh, Paul, my technical aide right there beside me, and uh, some of you on the Jitsi board, some of you listening, no telling where all in this big, wide, screwed-up world, and uh, we're glad to have you along. Uh, Paul, I'll uh, defer to you to give us the uh, platforms. You know, and honestly, and with all seriousness aside, it, it we may pick up two or three new platforms. I might need you to do a whole repertoire on this stuff in the future, but... We'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're picking them up. We're picking them up. Slowly, I know. Slowly. I know. I know. Uh, we've got EurofolkRadio.com. We do EurofolkRadio.com, of course, the flagship. Um, then we've got Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net, uh, Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net. And then we've got homenetwork.tv. They're connected this morning. And so is freedomnation.tv. Well, so, good, good to have all there. those kind folks reaching their hand out. Hope everybody's doing all right this morning. Um, I know everybody's muted because I heard all those messages. Um, I did have some stuff I wanted to talk about today. Before we launch off onto that, let me see, because yesterday was kind of different, and uh, see if there was anybody that wanted to bring anything up from that or if we had any students that were trying to get through with comments or questions or anything. So why don't we do that at the start here, and we'll just roll from here. So has anybody got anything? Hey, they There's somebody. Right. Mike. All right, let's hear Mike. Hey, I tried to connect with that uh, free conference call, and he keeps telling me uh, telephonography is not available. Call in. Say what? Say what? It keeps saying telephonography not available. Call this number. Telephonography? Boy, that's a new word for me. Telephony. Telephony. Okay, right, right. Telephony. It wants me to dial in to use my phone instead of using the app, and I don't know why. Um, you know what telephony right. means, evidently? You know what that, that word has a specific meaning. You know what it is, Paul? 
what's that? You can't call 911. Because there's no address locked into uh, to it where 911 could uh, respond. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Very interesting. Um, I, I'm connected with the app on my phone using telephony, and I did not call in. So... Um, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to check into that. Paul will be checking into that, Mike, and anybody else has got uh, that problem. I have. I use T-Mobile, and I'm on a Pixel Six, so T-Mobile might be blocking me. Could be. Never Could know be. with these tech giants these days, do we? Amazing yeah. that we can are have our little. Or are you connecting using the web interface? I'm using the app. Okay, are you able to connect to the other conference room? No, it's the same thing. Oh, then it's then it's your phone doing it. Um, because because it's two different conferences. So, okay. hey, Art in New Hampshire, uh, you Art. just joined us. In, uh, Art, Art is with us. We just you unmute and let us know if uh, you can talk to us. Art, can you hear? Art, hey, Art. in New Hampshire. Hello. Hey, well. good morning. Good morning. Yep, he can talk. How you doing? <laughs> okay, well, Art can talk, obviously. Okay, well, uh, sorry for any of the technical problems. It's, uh, you know, unfortunately, the bigger we get, the more complex it gets. Uh, does anybody have anything else they'd like to bring forward this morning? Is Nancy with us today? Nancy, are you out there? Maybe not. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping Nancy'd be here because I wanted to harken back to something from yesterday's show. I think it's mm-hmm. worth discussing. So Nancy's not with us. Well, I, I told her. Okay. Well, uh, nobody else has got anything they wanted to bring forward this morning. Yeah, Roger, I do. It's Dan the, in Pittsburgh. How are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Pretty good, thanks. I kind of been digging through these. Uh, uh, rumble videos and uh, looking at the various forums and stuff and, and talking about citizenship. And I was wondering if you could wax eloquently on citizenship um, because and sometimes, you know, we're a citizen of heaven. Sometimes we're a citizen of the United States of America. Sometimes we're a citizen of the state that we live in. Yeah, you know what that's called. Okay, right now, let's. you know what the label for that is, don't you? Equivocation? You got it. All right, so I need a firm foundation. All right. Can you help me? Well, I I thought that's what I was doing here on a regular basis. Um, Citizen, you know, Chris, when Chris Cave was back with us and alive before his girlfriend shed on him and killed him, um, used to be very adverse to that word. Okay. Uh, because it does basically denote a city type situation and that's the origins and the etymology of the word really but i think the important difference is that the founders recognized that difference dan how uh, how did they do that do you know 
No, I, I, I don't. If you go back and look at the Declaration of Independence, it's capitalized. And if you go back and look at the first key words in the first paragraph, duty, rights, God, citizen, all capitalized. Citizen of the United States, federal citizens, always a small c. That's one way to look at it, very simply. Okay. So the other thing to do, and, and it's interesting to see where they got the term that they're using and how they do these things, okay, to me anyway, because once you see how they do stuff, you get a real insight into them and the way they think. And it's not always pretty. All right, but at least you know how they think. And so when you're looking at something else in the future, now you've got that. Oh, that's right. These guys do things different. That's one of the big problems in our whole movement to me is uh, I was thinking about this the last few days. Ron Avery, that little experience we had with that guy a few months ago. Ron Avery does not have the ability to think like our enemies think. He wants to think like Ron Avery thinks. Okay, and that's the problem with a lot of our community. I, Brent had the same problem. You know, I had that big discussion with years ago on here one day, and what would happen with Brent was we had all this wonderful history and stuff together, and then as uh, my original intent was to try and get some lawyers educated on this. Okay, and so I welcomed the Brent experience with open arms from the start, and then the chemistry's there and everything that's built for so long. But we didn't talk about this stuff originally. It was more about common law. Okay, and as we moved forward over the years, and we had people like Daryl and Chris Cave, and trying to think of some of the other ones so i know there was one or two others and we'd get brent on here on a friday and literally it was like piling on you know like a wrestling match where three or four people jump on the guy and that we do that to brent and brent no i was born free and he just says got that stubbornness to him and i don't i'm not being detrimental here you know i understand it but um, he was, it, 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 as I think that through, to me, it's like people like that, and I've met other folks like that. I've got several friends like that. They refuse to believe and admit that they were tricked by these bastards. That, to me, seems to be one of the crucial things. Anyway, we'd pile on Brent Dan, and it took, Daryl can come on here and verify this, because he was part of it it took years for us to get this across to brent years okay and finally one day i remember i said brent you've got to be able to think like they do and brent goes you know how brent is yes i don't want to think like them i said you don't have to think like them but you've got to know how they think okay very important difference you don't have to think like that, but you got to understand how the wiles of your opponent, how they operate. And this little thing we're talking about here with this little citizenship equivocation is a damn big part of it, okay? So there are several ways to look at it. Uh, one way I started noodling on recently, really, is from the start of the country in the, the Articles of uh, Confederation, didn't the Articles of Confederation recognize the states, Dan? Yes. Well, there wasn't a federal citizenship or a hell of a, much of a federal government at that point, so there was only one political status, wasn't there? 
Right, state citizens. Correct. Now, if you look at that, the state citizen gets your rights and you owe your duties to God, and the first stop underneath God is state citizen because that's where you're getting your rights, okay, and owe your duties. And secondly, you're a citizen of the United States of America or a national citizen, aren't you? Yes. On the other side, the 14th Amendment people, they took God out and put in the federal government because the federal government gives the first position is a citizen of the United States, not of America, but a federal citizen. And you get your civil rights from the federal government. You owe your duties to the federal government. That's your income tax and all this crap. And secondly, instead of being first, you're a state citizen. So you're a citizen of the United States, federal citizen first, and a state citizen. But you're only a state citizen if you reside. Does that help put them in stark comparison for you? It helps. It just requires continuous thought. Well, that's why I say you got to put some time into this and get your arms around it. And you get down to these little fine points right here, and it just takes a little while. This don't happen overnight. Oh, good morning. Hey, there's Daryl right there. Remember when we used to beat up on Brent, Daryl? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was just like just like in the schoolyard hey let's let's pick on the new guy i uh, mean remember bull in a ring did you ever play that when you were a kid bull in a ring where you put one have, where you might have had a different name right where you have a circle of the neighborhood kids around and you'd put one guy in the middle and everybody would run at him and he didn't know who was going to run at him next so he's always spinning around you know it's like bull in a ring oh bull. okay that that's okay. kind of well, like what we, we do with Brent. <laughs> yeah we used to play we used to play king of the hill you know, right right and, uh, some of that <clears throat> some of that sort of stuff so for uh I didn't. I didn't catch his name, or I, you know, I forget it. Uh, the gentleman that Dan. you were talking to. We were there. talking to Dan in uh, Pittsburgh. Dan. Well, yeah, Dan. Hey, Dan. Uh, look. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting journey uh, under the Articles of Confederation uh, for the Perpetual Union. Um, the uh, those states, all of them, recognized that there was a higher authority in law and in power and accountability than them. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? And they, they acknowledge that in their, in their, uh, in their statutes, uh, in the fact that they had to have a if you were to take office as a delegate, not a representative, you had to take an oath uh, acknowledging uh, uh, God of the universe, <laughs> uh, uh, the one uh, uh, God the Father, not God the Lord Ball. <laughs> they recognized God the Father and his, his son Jesus Christ as a higher authority 
and the basis for which they derived their just powers. Yeah, Daryl came now, on and read. To, you came on and read one of those oaths one day from Virginia or something you'd found. Yeah, no. Uh, well, you know, I spent a lot of time over the years with Mike, and uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I, I collect information for wherever I can find it. I, right. I don't discriminate on information, and and uh, uh, this was this is one of these lost uh, uh, foundational conceptual understandings. Uh, about the Articles of Confederation and the people, um, the men who established the, that government, the initial government uh, under the Articles of Confederation, is they did that on the um, on a state basis, which were originally the colonies. They were in independent colonies. Now they became independent states, nation states. They were nation states. And all of them except, uh, I don't know if it was Delaware or Maryland, but all of them except for one required, uh, upon taking office, an oath to recognizing God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ as to the place where they derive their just authority in accordance with the, the principles of of Christianity. Uh, so there was a religious test in order to occupy those offices um, and and you know do the duty. Um, and uh, so that's kind of important, Dan. I mean, what? Uh, had you ever heard that before, Dan, or was you even remotely aware of that? Or uh, I just get a little feedback from you here. No, and that's why I'm here. I, I I love this place. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, this. So, listen. Don't don't feel like the lone stranger here, because uh, you know nobody nobody else was supposed to know about this either. Right. Of any statistical significance. You're not. If it's if it's significant, it won't be known to a a sufficient number of people statistically statistically what do i mean by that well to to become a uh, a force unto itself a perception a perceptional force so you you censor that you eradicate that you uh you eliminate it you deplatform it uh you know listen the 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 Articles of Confederation and those states and those people they they got an axe to grind here they've been deplatformed in history um, and and so the people, the men and women, the men, because they were the only ones that could vote, the men in those states uh, that could participate in government uh, recognized all this. And um, so if you go to Romans, the first part of Romans, if you read through the book of Romans, you'll see that somewhere in the beginning, I, you know, uh, we... I know Murr's here somewhere, you know, uh, somewhere in, 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 you know, Brent could tell you, but somewhere in that first part of that Romans book of Romans, it talks about that, that men shall establish governments deriving their just power from, uh, uh, the, the, the principles of, of the Bible, God, Christianity. Okay. So, 
this is what the Articles of Confederation did in the states. Each and individual, each and every individual except one, had an oath of office. Uh, so you couldn't be a Muslim in Occupy office. You couldn't be a Jew or claim to be a Jew and, and own office. You couldn't be an atheist and claim to take an oath to an office. And and this was pretty much uh, how they worked. Now, each and every one of these states was a nation unto itself. Uh, the several let, states, they were nations. Let me, can I just interrupt for a second, Daryl? Dan, you know, yeah. in the Civil War, yeah. um, Robert E. Lee was the finest general the West Point's ever produced. Did you know that? He's the only guy, I believe, to this day that graduated and went through all four years at West Point with no demerits. Only one. Okay. And Lincoln wanted him to lead the Union forces. You know, where Robert E. Lee married well, and it was his wife's family that had all the property that's now Arlington National Cemetery. They confiscated it. But you could see the White House, evidently, from his house across the Potomac. And Lincoln wrote him a note, a letter, and asked him to lead the Union forces. And Robert E. Lee wrote him back and said, I cannot fight against my country because he considered Virginia his country. Yeah. Now, um, there's also, uh, thanks for bringing that up, there's also some tangential perceptual understanding uh, that needs to be put in here a little bit uh, because of that. They opened that door wide open, Roger. It was, why did the Confederates call themselves Confederates? <laughs> okay. Uh, duh. Uh, because they were, they had, had uh, extracted themselves politically from a federalist system, a central communist system, as it were, uh, uh, a rose by any other name is still a rose. Right, right. Uh, you can call it, you can call it federalist, or you can call it mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't care. Labels, labels, um, labels. Yeah, uh, branding. It's all about the branding, uh, and and so uh, they called themselves. The Confederates, because it recognizes the their interstate relationship, nation states. You know, Georgia was separate from Alabama. Alabama was uh, separate from uh, Kentucky. Okay, they weren't a, a federal system. They were Confederates, but they were individual nations. This is what Robert Lee is talking about. So, uh, in that system of confederation. Uh, and each state being its own state, and then coming together to cooperate on certain principles uh, that they agreed on, which would be the Confederation, uh, they didn't give up their individual uh, sovereignty in, in the state. Each nation state didn't give up its its nation state. And, and matter of fact, what you need to this will this will maybe cause a bit of a I don't know bleeding around the brain. I wouldn't want to see an aneurysm, but it might cause a little bleeding and swelling, uh, is that under the Articles of Confederation, you had, in fact, a relationship of the, the men of the state, the people of the state, and their confederation. You had what was would actually be more uh, a real republic uh, in the sense that... Uh, yeah. 
that they retain their sovereignty and their and their state authority and their duty. Uh, you know, how many, how many, here's a, here's a question for you. How many people now, uh, you know, uh, you know, depending upon who they are, where they're at, whatever, would, would jump all over the idea of, of, uh, can we go back to the Articles of Confederation? I mean, they'd be over all over that, like, uh, you know, a chicken on a June bug, right? Okay. So, uh, the, uh, the Articles of Confederation didn't allow for the central Realization of power. Okay. And uh, so this, uh, boy, I'm taking a long time to get this across. Thanks for everybody being patient here. Um, the state, the, those, those state, those, those men, those, those landowners, those, uh, you know, Christians that recognize God authority to the land, Christians recognize God's authority and the land. Um, were were not federal they weren't confederate citizens they were uh they were a citizen or they were uh, uh, a part of virginia or alabama or um, uh, so on and so forth actually under that relationship you would have had uh in that relationship because you you didn't have a, a confederate secretary of state so to speak uh for the whole of the Confederacy, in that case, you would have had individual uh, secretaries of state actually then issuing passports or letters. Right. They, that's what they uh, were originally was now, was letters. We didn't have passports. Yeah. It was letters. Yeah, it was a letter. It's a letter. Okay, it's a letter. And uh, and so this um, this these teasing apart these these perceptions and. And uh, has been lost over time to so many people, and it's affected their thinking now. That's they've 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 here again they've blended, mixed uh, uh, all these ideas and terms up into a goulash that you know at this point you know how do you separate it? Well, you know you you have some conversations like this, and but you know let to, me bring out another to, point, uh, Daryl. If I could, I want to bring yeah. out another point that came oh, yeah. up from Merca last week. Because, Merka, you were asking me about the organic statutes at large, remember? We went into a discussion on that? Yes. Okay. If you go to those in the law library and open up volume one on the front cover, what do you see? I don't know. The Constitution? Declaration of Independence. Okay. Articles of Confederation. North, oh, yeah, that's what you said. Northwest Ordinance or Territories thing with Ohio and brought all that into the Union and the Constitution. So the question is, if that wasn't valid law, do you think it would be in those law books or do you think they would have taken it out? <laughs> True. Right. Right. Bruce, Bruce, go ahead. Um, bringing things to the present moment of what Daryl is talking about and evidence is what he's talking about in the legislative handbook that every office holder, every secretary in any town, county and off, you know, state office get one of the little booklets on 
you know, everything about like the state bird, the flag, and everything is in there, and who to get in contact in this county and, and who's represented. You know, they, they publish it every year, and everybody that's in the system gets that handbook so they can know where to go to if they need to get contact with. Well, the flag, the flying today underneath the, the Communist United States flag, uh, was adopted in 1860. This is in the handbook now. was adopted in 1860, January the 20th, to represent the nation of South Carolina and the yeah. co- first Confederate state of South Carolina. There you go. Yep. Yep. And the problem they had back then, Dan, was like New Hampshire, okay? Can, should, could New Hampshire have a Navy? They, they don't even have access to the water, do they? Vermont. So, but what the nation needed a Navy because we got water on both uh, the one coast at that point. Okay. But all the states couldn't have their own Navy. So that's where they would combine to work together at a federal level on things that were of common interest to them that they could not accomplish singularly. May I please ask? Yes. Uh, you know, on all these forms we fill out, and when it says what country, could we say South Carolina, if that's your state or whatever your no, state No, I'd say is? United States of America. Could we say South Carolina, USA? Well, you can say anything you want, but but I think if they're asking you your country, you should put United States of America would be my thought. Okay, thanks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, under the, under the Articles of Confederation, you will see that uh, in that in that body of Congress, that they had a Congress. Uh, they referred to themselves as the United States. Well, I can, I can even take you back to Chief Justice Story, one of the great celebrated early jurists, and his commentaries on the Constitution, okay? And in there he makes a statement. A citizen of a state is ipso facto a citizen of the United States. Ipso facto means by the mere fact that he's a state citizen, he's a national citizen, but back then there wasn't an equivocation. Everybody understood what he was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it was so, way look, before the know, Civil War. This this whole idea of citizenship, uh look, there's there's nobody uh, there's no, there's probably nobody on the planet who is not a citizen of something. Yeah, uh, you might, you might be a citizen of a, of a political society, a political society called the United States. You might be a citizen of a a uh, land-based civil society called the United States of America. They're different things. And that would be capitalized because, once again, that denotes a state citizen who gets its rights and owes his duty to the capital G God. So there's some logic here that you can follow. Yeah. Uh, now, you might you might be uh, claimed to be an atheist, and uh, at that point, you are a citizen of hell. <laughs> 
Sure. <laughs> Thanks for the dialectic, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all yeah. Uh, you you might uh, so. If you claim if you claim to be a citizen of heaven, then you know uh, this is perfect logic. Uh, and I know sometimes logic gets a bad rap, but as, and some people might disagree with your logic. But as as long as you don't contradict yourself, you can you can follow the logic. Uh, and the logic is that if you're claiming to be a, a child of God and a citizen of heaven, then where do you owe? Where do you derive your rights? And where do you owe your duties? Okay, it's that simple. That's why if every you derive. And let me just add this, Daryl, as a little yes. teaching moment. That's why understanding that formula and how it operates and how you can determine things like this from that is so important. See, they don't teach that stuff in law school, folks. No, yeah. So now you might you might get people. You might get people. Uh, this is this is where you know Brent kind of comes in here, is that he would he would claim to be a, a of heaven and a child of God, and as long as as you recognize that and live your life accordingly, and uh, will uh, take those steps in those. First, you have to understand what those principles are, <laughs> you know, but then live your life in accordance with that. It'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. And I, I, you know, in my earlier life, I was, you know, apt to get in a lot of trouble because I didn't really want to live my life that way. So once I started, I changed my behavior as I grew up, uh, gained a little wisdom along the way, hopefully. Uh, things things uh, cleared up really good. Yeah, what happened is you so, made a bunch I, of mistakes because you weren't following the right principles, and the mistakes caused you a great deal of pain that sometimes lasts yeah, a lifetime. Yeah. And you go, I'm smart enough to not do that again. Yeah, I, and that's I have called, a very low threshold for pain. That's called wisdom. Very low threshold of pain. That's called wisdom, and, and, not doing the same dumb thing twice. Right, uh, I, I, I don't want to get into uh, so much personalities. Is just sort of uh, put out a uh, a general idea. You might want to think about a question in your head when you're watching Dan. When you're watching all these different people and the talking heads and the pundits and the professors and the pontificators and the bloviators, and I'll stop there with the rhymes because it gets kind of nasty after that. And uh they they uh they always work it from just one point of view so uh lawyers will always talk about it from a lawyering point of view or a law point of view uh, uh preachers will always talk about it from a preacher a biblical uh whatever their theology is philosophers will talk about it from a philosophical point of view uh, and um you know, and then there's this whole melu of of just this cacophony. It's a cacophony. It's it's like it's like closing your eyes and walking by a turkey farm or a goose farm, and all you hear is you know. You think there's ten thousand people out there, and it's just a bunch of honking geese, and and you can't separate. Uh, uh, you can't. 
you can't identify anything. You can't triage the information. You can't find any traction. And um, I'm, I'm just acknowledging this is a difficulty for people. I, I mean, I have, I, I can empathize with it. And so the point being, uh, I'll make it simple here, try to. Uh, if I was looking at most of the people that I listened to blather on, um, I couldn't hire any of them to sit in an airplane with me and fly a jet aircraft. I couldn't because they, they can't problem solve. And and that's that's and I mean even people I know closely and uh, you know I uh, listen I uh, I'm not picking any fights here but I would have a hard time I would have a hard time flying an airplane with a lawyer <laughs> I would have a really hard time flying an airplane uh, with a, uh, maybe a preacher. And because he, he would have to say, well, he would have to say, or she, I guess you know, say, well, I have to pray about this before we take this action. Uh, we don't have time to do that. <laughs> you should have prayed about it earlier. And the lawyer will say, well, I have to look that up. Well, you should have known that before you got it, got in the seat. See what I'm saying here? Uh, and so uh, I hope some of that makes sense. It's I'm, about problem solving and then taking action. That's uh, pretty and pretty so, correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me let me let me just stop there. So. All right. Well, I want to poll Dan and see if we helped him out or if we gave him ad. You know, clear is clear or clear as mud, Dan. No, I appreciate the uh, articles of confederation input. <clears throat> it's probably going to give me pause to go take a closer look at that, and also maybe even look up the delegates uh oath i I think that's fascinating and i think it's critical the recognition of the higher authority uh first and and then yeah and looking at the citizenship thing because uh like pointed out you you talk to different people and there's a whole world of people out there and and they're going to give you different points of view And our job is to filter it down and figure out, okay, what's what's our course of action? You know what I find helpful over the years? It's been a problem for me learning Spanish. But I found it very helpful, and it's, I've just, it's second nature now because I've worked on it so long. When I first got into this, I noticed everything was backwards. Okay, I didn't understand this dialectical principle very well back then. All right, but I understood that they everything was backwards, and so what I trained my mind to do is to always look at the dialectic. That's why I made that comment to Daryl a minute ago: citizen of heaven and citizen of hell. Thanks for the dialectic. Okay, and I train myself. I don't look at the main point first. I look at the dialectic first always, or or quickly after I seize on some thought okay and i find that very helpful so what i'm going to do is take that principle and use it with you on this point that's a sticking point for you instead of looking at the word citizen look at the word law and think of it as which body of law am i under 
Roger, may I? Yes. Chris, uh, the majority of the people back then fled for their lives, being persecuted by the Catholic Church. And the, what I'm getting at was most of the people in the colonies were Protestants. Yep. Not Catholic. Yep. Not and what state? Life. What state was there a big difference there? Daryl alluded to it earlier. Maryland, Maryland, Mary, right. Mary uh, Virginia, and Maryland, Virgin Mary, Virginia. Yep. yep. And but, but Maryland had had some real wealthy Catholic uh, families there, and one of them, and Daryl, you may can help me out on this. I don't remember their names. One of them was the family that that gave them the Washington D.C. that land. White. There you go. Did you know that, Bruce? Virginia. Yeah. Understand about Virginia? Yeah. Well, I don't know too much about them. I know D.C. was donated by these Catholic brothers. The land. Well, actually, the Carols. The. I think it might have Carol. been Carol. So yeah. I think that's right, Mur. Thank you. the the first The first charter for Catholic uh, uh, pilgrims. <laughs> it sounds like a contradiction. The Catholic pilgrims. Uh, the, for For Catholics to have a charter comes from uh, James the first and the early sixteen uh, during his uh, during his uh, reign as king. It is the first charter. For a a a Catholic chartered uh, colony. Remember, he was the son crown, of that was he, a crown. He was son of Mary Queen yeah. of Scots. Okay, so the the first colonies here, just briefly, were 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 uh, they were corporate colonies. They were company yeah. corporate colonies. Sure were. They weren't. They weren't even. They. They come. They came from out of joint stock companies. Yep. Uh, okay, and you didn't get you didn't get the religious aspect, uh, which were crown corporations, uh, crown colonies, came from a a uh, an authorization from the crown, not right. the corporation. So right. there's a distinction right there. And the first one, the first one, uh, and need, it needs to be said, comes from. Uh, um, uh, for the uh, uh, the pilgrims. Yeah. Okay. And this is in this is in uh, 16, 1620, 1619, 1620. Uh, so, uh, but but all these colonies, you have to sort of look at their origins to really get get the broader picture. Again, Dan and everybody, uh, the details. Some of these little details have been yeah. <laughs> Blended together, you know. But don't forget, so, Georgia was a penal yeah. colony. Yeah, state of Georgia was founded as a penal well, colony. Okay, I, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but the uh, America was a penal penal transport colony up until actually uh, the British finally gave up on it in uh, seventeen eighty five, and after seven. 1785 Rogers when they started because uh, because uh, you know they couldn't they couldn't drop them dump them here anymore uh, even though they tried they 
they they said, well, uh, they, they, they're not going to let us do it. So then at, at 1785 is when they started transporting Australia, uh, dumping all yeah. their their to uh, refuge to Australia. Right. So right. The real yeah. survivor program. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. 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 That. Uh, so Dan, Roger, did, yeah. okay, go ahead, Samuel. Yesterday, I mentioned that unseen realm, and you know, Jesus in the, in the New Testament mentions the kingdom of heaven. I think about eighty times, and his disciples then later preach about it. So uh, I look to that as uh, a valid place that we can call home. Okay. So, uh, Dan, you got any other questions or comments on that? No, it's just I'll keep coming back, Roger. You know, I, listen, Matt, Dan, I've been messing with this stuff for 30 years, and I'm still realizing things I didn't know before. This is a deep pool, buddy. Now, Roger, you don't read the chat, but yesterday I posted, and, and I, it deserves to be said, and you deserve to hear it, the value of this group cannot be overemphasized. Well, I believe, I, I agree with you, uh, honestly. And that, uh, let, let's go into something that came up yesterday. It's what was on my mind earlier, but I wanted to exhaust where we've been here so far this morning. So if there's anybody else that's got observations, comments, whatever, questions? Nobody? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. There's Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah, say uh, I would like to address Daryl in particular, and that is to say that his uh, discourse on, I'm going to use the term he's used before, although I don't think he used it yesterday, on political repentance. Yes. There about a hour and 30 minutes into the show yesterday, I listened to that, and I gathered the three girls up, and I said, you need to listen to this, you need to think about it, you need to internalize this because he stated it very succinctly and i really appreciated what he had to say about the impossibility of claiming to be a christian and blithely going on about your business as if the state and your christianity were not adverse to each other yeah as it let's put it colloquially bob as if the state is your daddy Yeah, you can't have two daddies. <laughs> yep, it's pretty succinct. Most people are unable to grasp that. They're unwilling to entertain it once they get a glimmer of it because it just shakes their foundations and they want no part of it. The pink cloud, as you like to say. Yep. And unfortunately, that's the majority of the people. Unfortunately, 70% of them lined up to get a shot that's going to eventually kill them or make them sterile or crazy or whatever. Um, I wanted to go into uh, this thing about this hanging thing that's come up that we spent a little time on yesterday. And Nancy wrote me a long email. I didn't read it all. It's hard for me to read long emails. Uh, and... Uh, and I, but it's funny because I almost woke up in the middle of the night, you know, to go take a leak, and your mind's still working, and this came to me in the middle of the night. And Nancy came on yesterday and was, well, I don't think she was offended. I was hoping she'd be with us today. Um, 
but I guess she's not. But she, on this hanging thing, she said, well, where is that biblically? Right? Remember that yesterday, Mur, Murka? That conversation we had? And I wanted to go back and, and, and I was reminiscing a bit and thinking about the very first weekend, uh, seminar that I ever attended first weekend I met John and Glenn. And uh, I've told you all the story. There was a little presentation on Friday night, and then if you wanted to participate, it was fifteen hundred bucks for the weekend seminar, and they'd help you do all your documents and stuff. And they had an unconditional money back guarantee. And Daryl, this is, harkens back to how people used to think, you know. And I was strapping for cash back then, and I said, "Well, I had fifteen hundred bucks in cash." I said, "Well, I, I'm dying to get this information. I'll go through the seminar and then ask them for my money back." That was my way of thinking back then, okay? And so we went through that seminar on that weekend, and uh, at the end of it, I could not go ask them for that money back. That was the impact yeah. that that weekend had on me, Yeah. okay? Yeah. So. Now, Roger. Yes. Roger. When you initially had that first thought about well i'll just go attend and then i'll ask for my money back was that the same time that you were uh, your roommate was you were rooming with a jew yes i i think i think lewis lived with me then <laughs> <laughs> well you see you know uh this is this is uh the reason i'm going to pick on you there a little bit is but that was my is how insidious yeah I, yeah this I, is how insidious this is how insidious being Jewified, uh, Jewified, how the culture Jewifies you and sears your consciousness. Yeah, well, I think your it, conscience. I don't think it it's, was my roommate. I think it's yeah. a damn debt money, monetary supply that drives a lot of people into these. Well, conditions. well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. I was just taking a, I was just taking a gratuitous shot. Okay, well that's all right. Well, Lewis, sucker punch. Okay. Well, Lewis, yeah. was, Lewis was yeah. really a pretty good guy. I mean, hell, he lived with me for five years. So. But, but regardless, anyway, I don't want to yeah. get off on a tangent. I, yeah. I want to make this point yeah. here. Okay, and what really hooked me that first weekend was that after all this complex legal stuff, and you know, you guys feel like your head's spinning here sometimes. Well, this was my head spinning weekend, okay? And I was just overwhelmed with with the information that we were in there for 30. I mean, we started Saturday morning. We'd take a, a lunch break, and, and then we'd end up after the sun went down. And Sunday night, I don't think we finished till like 8 o'clock, two full days, okay? But at the last of that seminar, which I didn't understand much of, honestly, but that's when this comes into play where I want to go. Okay. And what John did was at the end of the seminar, he'd get up there and go to revelation 18. Okay. And we haven't gone over that in a while here. Some of you may have not been exposed to this. Okay. So revelation is pretty important book in the, in the Bible. It seems to me. I mean, it's the only place where we've got these people absolutely identified. Jesus Christ pinned the tail on the donkey in Revelation 2, 9, and 3, 9. He tells us who they are. He called them, you know, your sons of Satan and everything else through the New Testament. But in Revelation, he tells us exactly who they are in two places. 
two nine and three nine. Those who call themselves Jews but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan, and in, they're both the same verse. And in one of them, it says they lie. Okay, mm-hmm. so Revelation right there nails the pin on the donkey from the from the big guy. Okay, mm-hmm. pretty much right. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, all right, let, uh, all right, let's just hold on. We can discuss this afterwards. Let me make my point, please. Okay. So, Book of Revelation is pretty important. 18 is a very important verse. It starts out Babylon, O Babylon, the great has fallen, and the merchants of the earth wail, for they can no longer sell their merchandise. Does that sound like we're, we might be in the general area of today? Do you? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. maybe? Okay. Okay. So right underneath that is our dictate. It says, "Come out of her, my people. Come out of her." It says it twice. Come. Any other place in the Bible that things are repeated like that that you know of, where they tell you something twice? Do you think it might be safe to conclude that it's damned important if they tell you twice? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, right underneath that little dictate is where we're going. Fill her cup double with what she served you. Serve her double. Wow. Roger. Yes, Jeff. I would throw in here that <clears throat> the probably the proper were to use in that phrase is those who say they are Judahites but are kikes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Jeff to bring some levity to the situation. Or how you say cake with an Australian accent, right? Okay. So, yeah, now hold on. Let's just finish this up and we can discuss this, okay? So, there's the time we're in, Revelation 18. There's the commandment for us what we need to do, emphasized by stating it twice. Then that's the remedy verses. I call them the remedy verses, okay? Because we know about remedies around here, don't we? Most of the patriot community doesn't. We do, okay? Those are the remedy verses. If there's going to be a remedy, and this is a legal term but a great pun, executed, doesn't there have to be someone to do it? Well, yeah, uh, I think what the lady was saying yesterday. Oh, okay, well, let me let me just I'm, 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 hold on. Let me finish this out, and then we can talk, okay? Because I've okay. still got a point to make, okay? Now you go down a few more verses, and there's a list of 21 or 22 items that the merchants of the earth can no longer sell, that they're wailing about up there at the top of 18. They're wailing. They can't sell it anymore. And it's got your gold, your frankincense, your silver, your ivory, your this, your that, your the other, and bodies and souls of men. And there's your slave system, folks. Yeah. Um, so, Nancy, and, uh, and I told Nancy to listen to the replay if she wasn't going to be with us. So, Nancy, there's my justification for those statements. And they come from yeah. one of the most important verses and books in the Bible that absolutely, deadly, 
pinpoint where we are right now. Roger. Roger. Okay, I'm going to get Murr first. Murr Murr first with her echo. Go ahead, Murr. You know, do I have an echo? It's always an echo when you come on there for a minute. Not right now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm the one that kind of accused you, uh, supposedly, of, uh, you know, wanted to hang. But it wasn't, it was about um, violence and killing. And uh, so I, and I talk about being awake at night and thinking about things. And it was Cody. Cody brings up all these. Oh, we should draw and draw and quarter him. Is what he said. I'm just saying, people hear this stuff coming from here, and it's so radical. It sounds radical. It's not radical. It's based in fact and reality. Uh, You know, I was going to ask Nancy. That's why I wanted her on here for a dialogue today about this. Okay, I was hoping she'd be here. Fairly new to this, Nancy from Virginia, nice, you know, but suburban, uh, middle-aged lady, you know, very kind, sweet. I, I, I love her curiosity, and I loved her statements. I'm a principle-oriented person and all that stuff, okay? Have you studied these guys at all? Because I've been studying them for 30 years. After that first weekend, and I went back and started going, well, what does a good investigative reporter do when they're looking for a story? They go with the five. They call them the five W's, who, when, where, why, and what, okay? And so the most important of those two to me at that point was the who and the why. And so I started studying these guys, okay? And, I mean, I've been doing it for 30 years. I know them real well, all right? If you do not know these guys, and you have not had that opportunity, and it's a lot of it's, and I know Daryl will agree with me, you start studying these people, it will turn your stomach, okay? It will turn your stomach. Victor Marsden, the first guy that translated the Protocols of the Learned Elder Design into English, he was at the English Museum of Natural History. He could only work on that translation 30 minutes a day because it made him sick to his stomach. That's who we're dealing with here. And if you want to get a good taste of these guys, you do this. You don't have to do all that stuff we've done, but you'll get a real good dose of them right here. Go over onto BitChute or Rumble and find the series called Europa. And you go back and watch the first episode on Bolshevik Russia and the takeover of Russia. And then you come back and talk to me about this. Yep. That's Judaized. All right. You know. But the dead is Judaized, too. I mean, the whole thing, it, where everything's Judaized. So they dictate the remedy here, folks. That's the only thing they understand. Yep, and Harold Wallace Rosenthal says the same thing. It's like a you know a, a protocols, a personal protocols from 1976 when he was interviewed by Walter right. White, and he says that he said we fool the people by saying the the pen is mightier than the sword. Sooner or later, they're going to get disgusted and throw down the pen and wield their claymore i mean what else do you say about a people that's in there one of the two highest holy days of their year is when they go in and take an oath that says they can lie cheat and steal openly for the next year what do you say about somebody like that that's just only a minor part what they do i want to say too nancy uh did uh say she uh considers herself an atheist just so you can have that on record. Okay. Well, whatever. You're asking for biblical reference. I just gave it to you. I gave you the reason. I gave you the history. I gave you the dictates we've got right there in the book. Rogers, Bruce. 
Can yeah, I just... hold on. Yeah, Bruce, hold on. Let's get the female here. Yes. Well, that's okay because I just wanted to just add two little things to what Daryl had said. And one of the things that needs to be included is that, and I, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. Um, and I have a family lineage that goes back to the settling of Massachusetts. So um, anyway, I wanted just to state that, you know, within the colonies and within Massachusetts, you know, Massachusetts and different states, they were also fighting against which Protestant religion was that did was the correct religion. So Rhode Island, you know, had a religion uh, within the Protestant faith. Um, I mean, people have to recognize that division goes down that far. It's not just like Catholic or other traditions. So they were fighting over the correct Protestant religion. And so I just wanted to add that. The other thing when Daryl brought up regarding the colonies, um, the board of directors for Massachusetts governed themselves within Massachusetts. Their board of directors, and I sent this to Daryl, their board of directors was not over in Britain. Um, they had self-governing within Massachusetts. So some of these distinctions, um, you know, people need to research and go down even further because, again, there's sometimes generalizations that are made. Well, you know, Nastasha, so, Brent brings up a very interesting point that the reason they called it New England was because they were planning on going back and taking back over England and governing it from New England. Yeah, I'd have to see that. Yeah. So, um, so I mean... I mean, in Massachusetts, my God, every single country, I mean, every single city, county, you know, I grew up in Worcester County. Well, there's Worcester in Britain. You know, there's the town I grew up in was Hopedale. You know, it, it has, it's like the most patriotic named town in the country. Um, and actually that was, that's another whole history. I won't go down that. I don't want to diverge. But um, so anyway, there are these distinctions within these individual colonies and within these individual states yeah. that were nations. Yeah. And it was and it was very distinct in which Protestant religion you were. Yes. And they fought among each other on it. I'm sure and they did. Still do yeah, today. Right. And that's something um, that. Um, Thomas Jefferson spoke to in regards to, um, you know, are you a Methodist? Are you with this? Are you with that? In regards to just within the Christian tradition within itself. And, you know, that answer is between their that person and their God. Right. So, and including, you know, whether, well, I'm not going to go down that line. But anyway, so... I just wanted to bring up those two distinctions and I just think it's important because the history is very deep and, and just be careful of generalizations. Boy, don't, yeah, be real careful of generalizations. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce, what did you want to say a second ago? 
Uh, he got a phone call a minute ago. I don't know if he's back. Okay. All right. Well, he'll be back in a minute. Then. Yes. Roger, if, if, and I believe he was, if Jefferson was a Unitarian, technically that he's not a Christian. Okay. Um, Here's something simple. Let me tell you this, please. Well, let's, let's let Bruce in here. He's, he's oh, there he in is. Okay. Go ahead. Isn't it a passage where they change the meaning of words and create words of meaning? The Jews? Oh, yeah. That's their favorite trick and trade, buddy. Exactly. That's what they live by. Confusion, confusion, confusion. Yes. Now, Murr, you had something to add? Yeah. Only one of the colonies did not want Christ as deity and God and Christian principles in whatever formal papers there were, okay, and, and uh, actions taken. And that was Rhode Island, where there were a lot of Jews and doing slave trading. That's and correct. Had, yeah, and then you had Jonas Phillips in the synagogue in uh, Philadelphia sent a letter to Washington. And this, if I remember the date, is 7 September 1787 where he says we don't want any uh, religious test. And you've heard Nadler, Nadler's Nadler, say the similar similar thing. But he said he contradicted himself one sentence after the other. He says we believe the Bible is inspired. But then he says uh, we don't go by the New Testament. In other words, it's Christ and Antichrist. This is what it always is. And this is what it always is with the Jews in particular. And that's why they hold sway. The battle we fight today is the battle that we've been fighting since the beginning of time. That is Lex Rex versus the common law. That simple. Hey, Rods? Yes. I got, a, I got a quick announcement. Anybody that wants to know all the new connection, all the new connection uh, links and phone numbers and all that happy stuff and has gone to the Matrix stocks or exposed the Matrix and... Uh, you still see the same old stuff. Hold the shift key and press the F5 key and refresh the cache on that page and you'll see all the brand new junk. Okay. You know, and when you bring up common law, and I mean, and I've been reading um, John Benson's book. Um, what do you think, Nastasha? I want to stop you right there. I want to, don't, I, I want to see. Oh, I had, a big inter- I had a big interruption with it because, you know, I had to give it back so that it could get republished again, which right. is wonderful. Right. Um, so I picked it up again and started from the beginning. It's very, very excellent. And I think we also have to be careful when we're referencing common law, because that is something that John brings up in regards to Anglo-Saxon common law. Go versus the how- English common law. Versus the English common law. And then the common law, that came into being here, um, which was the, they didn't want the English common law here. Well, the the English said the common law didn't apply in the colonies. And so, um, so those distinctions need to be Okay, well, as well when we when we reference common law. Correct, correct. There's some uh, ambiguity there, and I agree with you. And you know, we didn't know that. I didn't understand this until Glenn came on one day and on the rare appearance over here, and he was going over it. it, Ding, 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 because uh, well, just several reasons. But what Nastasha is referring to is before 1066. With William the Conqueror, it was the Anglo-Saxon common law. 
after he came over and brought the quote-unquote European common law, which included true feudalism, and brought right. it over and super correct and imposed it over the English, uh, the Anglo-Saxon common law, then it became the English common law. And there was one really important difference there, Nastasha. They didn't bring over involuntary servitude because England had a free soil tradition. So right. there was only voluntary servitude in the English common law feudal system. And that's what they call it, the English variety of slavery. Very important distinction right there that I didn't understand for years. So it's a, it's an important, I mean, I think... That book is another important, very important. Well, I'm tickled to death that Paget found it. I had, t- I, yeah. I swear to you, I had totally forgotten about it, and I mean, yeah. I hadn't thought about that in twenty twenty plus years. Yeah, and I'm glad she lent it to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, um, but anyway, um, I just wanted to bring up that distinction. Okay, as well. great. Well, I wish as you continue to read through it, I've been wanting somebody that read it to give a give us a book report on it. So I'm happy for the uh, for the observations. Thank you. Sure, I'll bring up some things All as right. I go along. Thank great. you. Yes, you're welcome. Now, who else wanted to discuss what we've been discussing today? Have any points or questions or comments? I wanted to thank uh, Nastasha. I really appreciate that. I wanted to thank her for going and getting a good set of headphones so we can hear her real good. <laughs> yeah, that too. Thank you. I don't know if I do. I sound like I'm yelling. No, no, you're fine. You're just okay, perfect. Fine. Okay. But you know, when we this talk about law, okay, there's something, and I'm here reading through Romans, looking for that in particular. I think I know what Daryl was referring to, but we fail to uh, acknowledge the metaphysical. Okay, the spirit law of the spirit not just the flesh we go all about all kinds of law for the flesh okay but we fail to acknowledge the spirit well my spirit my that that came in as the example i gave earlier where i was going to ask for that money back and at the end of it i could not do that yeah that's the spirit coming into play right there right well spirit actually just means breath you know, but it's a, the Holy Spirit it's, is the breath of holiness. You, you, know, you know, Pastor Peters used to say something that I've mentioned a few times. I've thought about a lot. And he made a statement. He said, we have our God's laws written on our heart, and they have their God's laws written on their heart. Isn't that just dead on? And who was the guy at the desk, the, uh, the Jewish guy? You had something along those lines, <laughs> what he said. <laughs> I forget what how it went. Well, I know my friend Walt here, that uh, the jazz musician, um, lived in New York for twenty years up there and did a lot of stuff with the Hasidic community, you know, and had some jazz fellow musicians that were Jewish Orthodox, and uh, he he said he was talking about this one day with one of them, and he said they don't worship the same God we do; their God is money. Yep. How, how damn how succinct is that? 
cancer cancer god and mammon and i want to say too you know we get into this bit about oh it's not all the jews and everything and it, it's not the rank and file jews probably don't go they do go along with there's their some, lives there's some fine they folks i've met them I, they're dear friends of mine there's some fine well, Lorraine, jewish Lorraine there's some in, monday in her uh, bible study and she talked about how uh one of the finest persons she knew the room together when when she was you know learning to be a doctor and uh and she said she was so very kind and generous. One of the best people she's ever right, known. Right. You know, Harvey <laughs> Harvey Wysong, our our dear friend, his father had a, a some very a family that really helped his father out that was Jewish. So no, there's some fine Jewish people out there. It's these Jews who called themselves Jews and are not. You know, go back even to this simple dialectic. Judaism is a religious movement. Zionism is a political movement. Well, you know, that, that's not entirely true either, because then you have like it's uh, not? Stephen, Stephen Wise in 35, he says, communism, I call what it is, Judaism. Yes. And, but they, remember back then, most of the Jews in the U.S. did not want to convert or were not following the Zionists. It was this Parashim group that started and got their foothold when they put Brandeis on the Supreme Court. The yep. First Judah. You know, that's he, right. He Wilson, and he got that was a big move to get Brandeis and, and, on there. And, and, and they, they were friends. And he would he? he would literally have meetings of this small group called the Parashim in his office in the Supreme Court building, which is absolutely totally against the law. And they would There's take more. a pledge to this this union above God, family, or country, this Parashim Zionist bunch. That was yeah. their foothold. More work for the hemp rope. So what did we get? We got World War One. We got the IRS. Well, hell, let's we go back to the Civil War. No, let's go back to the Civil War. I think you can prove by now that what we know, that that war was fought to get these two amendments in the Constitution so these creeps could control the world with it 100 years later. Well, Andrew uh, it was 48 or well, Alexander uh, Hamilton. He's a Jew, you know, and they just recently put out this book, uh, Poor Monster, I think his name is, where they acknowledge that, and they're all proud and bragging about it. You know, it's after the fact that they, uh, oh, yeah, he was, you know, but uh, here, there weren't supposed to be any Jews in the government. Okay. He ran Washington's administration. Okay, but was he really a Jew, Murr? Yeah. No, his I mean, father was Jewish. His father was a Jewish trader in the Caribbean. His mother wasn't, I don't believe. Well, his mother's name was Rachel. Okay, I don't know for sure. Uh, actually, uh, Rachel. Yeah, well, here's yeah, somebody uh, that probably does his, know. His, yeah, his his mother his mother is buried in a Jewish cemetery. Oh, is she? Okay, Star, well then that would that would nail it. Okay. Uh, Star, the, but then the the, uh, the Star of Remfam. Okay. Well, then this goes back to the even more basic question. All these people, Orthodox or not, that call themselves Jews get their lineage through the maternal line. All the biblical people get theirs from the paternal line. How can they even be people with the, of the book? I've never heard well, anybody you know, answer uh, that one. Almost Alexander Hamilton's lineage Hold on a minute. Alexander Hamilton's lineage is intentionally as confused and obfuscated as uh, Barry Satoros. 
Okay, that's what these two have. It or Bill Clinton. Okay, huh. uh, this this is. This is uh, part of their stock and trade and and craft, uh, statecraft is is uh, the obscuration of uh, their lineage and uh, it, you know and in, who they are, isn't so. that interesting? What Cliff High? First time I heard anybody identify them with this label, the name Stealers. Oh yeah, where did Cliff High well, get you know, his name from? But where did Cliff High get what? This. Where did he steal his name from? I, I don't know. He referred to these guys as the name stealers because that's what evidently the Kazarians used to do. They yes, get a straight. He himself is a Jew, and that's not his rightful name. Okay. I don't know, Murr. I think so, that's uh, one of your Bill Hicks deals right there. But let's go on. They had. They yeah, had. Uh, that was. That was. That was their stock and trade when they, uh, for um, centuries, if not a millennia, was uh, the uh, acquisition of other people's names that they had uh, uh, impersonation uh, along the along the trade routes that stretched all the way from China to England, and uh, you know this is. This is uh, well-founded, actually, in uh, the book I have here called The Jews of Kazaria. Kind of a hard book to get a hold of. And and uh, what we find is that uh, actually this whole idea of Kazaria is sort of a, uh, a red herring. Uh, that Samuel and I have go back a year and a half or so ago two years ago we were talking about the rad knights and how you couldn't really find any information on them which uh, the rad rad knight is uh, a small a small little township outside of the suburbs of babylon and these these uh, rad knights were the guys that were in control of the money magic uh for babylon and a lot they, of the trade were, uh, caravans went yeah. through there. They were associated with the trade caravans, evidently heavily. And they understood the they understood the the interest compound interest in usury, usury banking, and the use of notes uh, all the way back in Babylon. Rothschild didn't invent it. And so this rad night this rad night thing is sort of a lost. Uh, you know, it's it's just been recently that some people have picked up on it. Anyway, uh, the Kazarian the Kazarian thing is sort of a, a dog and pony show uh, mm-hmm. because it obscures uh, it, it, it. What they do is they try to they change names so they can cut the trail that links you to their history. Yep. Okay, and that's 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 how you you know if if you were out if you were out in the woods or in the desert. And you were being tracked by a search party, and you didn't want to be found. What would you do? Cover well, your tracks. You would, you would try to obscure your tracks, right? Yeah. And 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 this is what this is what the name game and the changing of names and the rebranding of words and uh, so on and so forth. Somebody All mentioned about. earlier, and rightfully so, that that's their stock and trade. Yeah. Of course. 
that's that's not unique to them. Every liar does that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the nature. This is the nature of a lie. And so, in doing that, don't they uh, indict uh, themselves because they, by doing that, don't they admit tacitly that they knew what they were doing was wrong? Yeah, yeah. I I I think you could make that. You know, I th- think you could make that uh, argument in a now, in a court of law. Now, okay. last night, Daryl. Listen, this, I just wanted. To, I, I forwarded you some more additional historical information. I doubt if you've had a chance to watch it yet or listen to it. Do you know what I'm referring to? Roger, Roger I had – I was – Up at 7 I, I o'clock and listened and I, to it. <laughs> and I, I got the email, and I uh, – right before I went to bed, actually, and I, I, I sort of chuckled and smiled to myself because I had already watched it. Oh, have you? Uh, three okay. parts. Okay. First, first, second, and third. But I, I had only just finished watching it an hour before you sent it. No kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, what this is yeah. is, is a bit yeah. shoot deal on, uh, and I got one segment of it, and I'm not finished watching it yet. But I sent it to Daryl about halfway through on the history of the Jews in Russia. And I'll tell you what I'll do. At Rex, good, our good listener Rex sent me that. I'll uh, post that at the end of today's show description, and you might want to go back and watch that. And there's some very interesting things I picked up, particularly about the pale. I didn't know all that information about the pale. Yeah. You know, the the saying, beyond the pale, where they banished the yeah. Jews to? No, it wasn't like that at all. No, they they were protected in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's where the water wasn't poisoned. So anyway, I'll uh, stick that at the end of today's show description for those of you who want to look deeper into this subject. Well, and again, let me just let mention me, the because if you just want to get a flash bang and you've not done any research on these guys, you go back and watch episode one in Europa. You'll get a college course on them, buddy. Yeah, hey, know. Roger. Yes, Joan. Are they not? Are, the, are all the Jews not taught the Talmud and synagogue? No, like no, Christians no, are taught no, Bible no, study? no, no. They, the Orthodox Jews follow what they call the Pentateuch or the first five books of the Bible. They refer to it as the Torah. Okay. It's the Reformed Judaism, which was started by the Rothschilds in 1835, I believe. Get the get the play on words. Reformed Judaism. They want to reform it from the Bible to the Talmud. That's their book. Well, reform reform Judaism is Sabbateanism. Yep, is exactly what it is. Now, Joan, do you know? And I should mention this to if Nancy's listening on the replay. Have you ever heard Joan of a guy named Sabbatai Zvi? Yes. Okay. Yeah, from BB9, Blackbird. Okay, well, that goes back to 1666, and I think that's the roots of Zionism right there. Okay. Interesting that there's three sixes. Yes, wasn't it? Well, it's also it's also when when did London burn down? Yeah, same same year. Yes, Bruce. Yes, sir. I would like to. Ask Nastasha if she would be willing to give a book report on what she's reading so we can learn from it. 
uh, when she is able to, if it's possible. Well, you mean on the United Slaves or anything else? Well, what the book she was referring to. United Slaves of America. That was the book John and Glenn put out. For the audience that may not know this, it it is available. Uh, We've got it reprinted. Um, and, uh, it's the very first, I was still a student of theirs when that book came out. Okay. So this was right back in the very beginning and literally I had totally forgotten about it. Okay. Um, one of the reasons is I didn't have very many books to sell. I got a case of them and that was when I was first becoming friends with my deceased friend, David Strait. And he had his big annual Christmas party, which was a big deal to him. He had people, hell, from all over the country fly in there for it. And I got a case of those books to sell to our Patriot group, and David called me and said, I'll take every one of them. So I never really had any to sell. You know, He gave them away as Christmas presents that year. Wow. Could she give a book report? Possibly? Sure. Well, she's not finished reading it, but yeah, it's going to have a lot of tax tie-ins and stuff that we uh, are not particularly pertinent now to where we are. But yet, it's invaluable information because he's going to give all the background and stuff in there. I, can, I like. I don't mind bringing up, you know, like a little whatever okay, it. I can bring up something that you know. Um, like this, the common law aspect is really important to me. Yes, and and, and enlightening in regards to the distinction. So, right. So yeah, I can you know on on some of the different programs, I can just bring up briefly something that you know is of interest to me. Where do we buy one? Oh, you can buy Look the at. link is on the uh, on the uh, the Matrix Docs, um, and uh, it's, oh, okay. we had the book patch publish it and. Uh yeah, Daryl, it's something you're going to want to put in your uh, library. Here's something kind of fun. Another uh, you know, we we're charging thirty nine dollars for it. Hell, it costs thirty three fifty to print it. Another labor of love, and it's it's nice because this one, um, the first publication is a um, binder, right? You know, so it lies flat. Um, you know, it's just, so anyway, it's, it's a good, it's a good replication of it as well. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Where else can we go? Somebody else had something they wanted to add. Good discussion today. Yeah. I think there's a lot of exhibits in the end of that book. Probably. I think at least half of it is, is supporting exhibits. Could be. So a book report really isn't going to help. Uh, without actually having the exhibits and being able to look at them. And well, I mean, out. if there's any important points like those things, that's w- what I'd be interested in and something new. If, like Nastasha is pretty familiar with the way I present this, and she's going back there and finds these things that, hell, I probably forgot, you know. Yeah. So we appreciate I don't, I don't them. see what you're referring to, Paul, as far as exhibits. It's like a handbook for the jurors. Yeah, we we might not be on. Excuse the pun here. We might not be on the same page. Um, <laughs> well, somebody's got to somebody's got to do the straight lines around here. Um, you know, Roger, I, yeah. I just wanted to add here quickly while I'm reading through and listening. Um, I'm in Romans eight and then eight and nine. And capital letters about them being, uh, you know, turned to 
Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and I look up and the page number is 666. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strange. Uh, yeah. That, the book I was referring to was War and Emergency Powers. Oh, that's, that's all exhibits. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Which is another, if any of you new students hadn't seen that, uh, Dr. Eugene Schroeder, is it, is it listed on Rumble as Trading with the Enemy Act or War and Emergency Powers? Cause I, th- I thought I looked up War and Emergency Powers and it didn't come up. So I think it might be Trading with the Enemy Act. If y'all have not seen that compendium of work from about, I think Joe told us eight different researchers re- worked on that. It'll give you a lot of uh, additional foundational understanding of the time of the bankruptcy and what happened. Um, are you talking about the Gene Schroeder, um, like, hour and a half presentation? Yes, yes, the video. Okay. Yeah, just go to rumble.globalvoiceradio.net. Okay. Rumble.globalvoiceradio.net, and it's one of the most recent, um, if not the most recent, presentation okay good good to know where it is um so uh where else anybody got something this morning you'd like to add or talk about yeah i yeah just just a moment here uh the the lady yesterday i think her name was nancy yes her i just wanted to address her comment because what i heard i i thought was important what she said was that she was worried or concerned her her concern was that it uh you know, whatever actions be taken, uh, be taken in accordance with uh, uh, law. Okay. Lawful action. All right. Well, let me and, ask you a question. That's, 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 well, and that's the, that's the concern that she had. Okay. Well, I, I don't uh, disagree with of that. Of course. Yeah. And, and uh, so, but I, I, I would, and you, you probably need to read uh, Luke uh, chapter 17 for context. But um, in, in Luke, it, it describes that uh, in 17, two it describes that it would be better for to have a millstone hung around his neck to be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Uh, uh, you know, this is. You know, this is uh, important stuff. Why do you and think? Why do you think one of the main are, reasons they go after the kids is right there? You know, Chuck there in Oklahoma <laughs> said that he had learned that that bit there about children meant uh, new to um, Christianity. Children, yeah. in the, you know, so it's not necessarily age. Yeah. I mean, six because it pertains to what we're talking about here. And it says, what shall we say then that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? And then uh, verse 31, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. There again, you got the metaphysics. Let me ask you a question, Daryl. When you uh, submitted yeah. your application, was it rebutted? Uh, no. Was it denied? No. They stood silent, didn't they? Acquiescence. I've, they t- 
tacit consent, yeah. Didn't they convict yeah. themselves? Um, Didn't they convict themselves literally by standing silent? Oh, sure. Like every, that applies to everybody. If you stand, if you stand silent, then you. Uh, so, did they not admit slavery, crimes against humanity, and all the rest of these things by not being able to rebut the affidavit? You, you want to worry? You want to think about the power of this thing, folks? Didn't they convict themselves? Yeah, I, I wasn't asking them for anything. Uh, I'm telling them. And making a declarative statement. There's a difference between asking for permission and making a declarative statement and requesting a rebuttal. That's, those are different things. That's well, actually a, a contest of okay. facts. Well, what about but denial? Did we get something. it? Did you get any denial out of that and everything that's associated with it? No, I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't have any return letters from Egypt uh, with den- denial. No. Okay. See, in my mind, they—that's the power of this. When you present this, they've either got to recognize it or take the mask off and be open tyrants. They're tyrants. They've just got a way of cloaking it. And because they can't rebut one single thing here, don't they automatically convict themselves of everything they've done? Only if you hold only if you hold yourself responsible and them accountable to violation of that. So you, yeah. you still have a duty. Yes. Uh, and that's the part. Uh, the point I wanted to make here. We'll get you in a second, uh, for some reason, Go ahead. Is, is that part of the reason, part of the reason, not entire reason, but part of the reason the common law had to be obfuscated, uh, sort of done away with, so to speak, uh, out of the minds and understanding of people is that I want you to get this. It's not scalable. The common law is not scalable to mercantilism. Probably a lot of truth It's not scalable in commerce on a man-to-man, woman-to-woman, individual basis. If, If the system was to operate as it should for a a not a political society but a civil society on on a common law foundation you would cram the courts to where you couldn't move it would create but because we have a fundamentally a a, a, a licentious and immoral and corrupt society you would have it uh, all the remedies if they went through a common law process would be uh, the remedies would be harsh, and it would plug up plug up their courts, and then it would impede commerce. So the the civil system and and the UCC system is there to you know be scalable and move move commerce. Yep. Uh, and that's that's one of the reasons why. Yeah, I'm. Go, yeah. Go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. I just Natasha. No. Yeah, but go ahead. I just wanted I'm to done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, well, hold on. We had Merka first. Merka was okay. in before the – so, Merka, yeah. what, what was your question? I was just going to ask. Um, Darrell was explaining something regarding uh, Nancy's uh, concern about due process and law and um, what we comment on hanging 
and then hanging i just wanted to hear uh the rest of that explanation i wanted to see what he what he thought about it well how about if we get enough people and we can start having common law courts and common law grand juries and then we can dictate a remedy how about that is that due process enough well well some something i just wanted to add because last year well in 2021 not 2022 2021 um i i used a form of common law in holding um individuals at my former employer employment accountable and so it isn't going directly to even if we had a common law court it's not going directly to a court it's actually putting a person on notice. It's giving them mm-hmm. an opportunity to change course. Correct. It's giving them a chance to respond. It's giving them a chance to provide remedy if you have been hurt, you've been, you know, harmed. Harmed. Um, yeah, harmed. And so, so the only time I would go into court with these particular documents that I filed would be purely administrative that I've received no response. I've provided, you know, these many documents. I've provided them, you know, notice of violation, constructive notice. I've provided them courtesy notices, reminders, default, estoppel, you know, my fee schedule since they defaulted. Um, So ultimately then you go into the court, you and what we have now, you seek an Article Three judge, ideally, right? I mean, this is all, but all you're seeking is for the judge to look at, yeah, you've done this, you've done this, you've given them every opportunity. Hey, hey. And yeah, say something. Hold on, let her finish, Bruce. So stamp and steal. Now, this is a process that I've been involved in and learning, and this is why. So anyway, so I just wanted to make that distinction as well. Under common law, you're not like litigious minded. You're going directly to the individual and providing them the opportunity to say, whoops, sorry, I'll stop doing what I did. I was wrong or provide remedy. So it's it's one on one. Well, and to, to Daryl's point, don't forget, I, I think it was Madison, whoever, one of the early guys said our constitution is only fit for a moral people uh, you yeah. know it wasn't even applicable at that time in, in a lot of places much less now but, so bruce okay bruce what do you got you did have court you held court yourself and that's you correct got a With remedy. Their, that's right. right. Thank you. Thank that's you. right. And 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 what was she doing there? That's the absolute foundation of the common law and the law of the city too. Exactly. Due process. Exactly. Due process. Due process. Yeah. Notice and the right to be heard. And that's what you did there, Nastasha. You got your remedy right there in your hands. You don't know it. Okay, so yeah. you, I was just speculating while you were telling that. I wonder if you couldn't now, as a, a national, take them into a court on, on a civil suit with your evidence. Right. Well, she's got an administrative process in her hands. All she's got to do is get notified that it's in procedure. Right. And she's she's the winner. Right. Point blank. Right. So, Roger, what do you feel about? due process for the people that are doing harm right now 
the evil empire. Well, I mean, I pretty well stated what I feel, hadn't I? Can you want me to be? I, more? I I totally get it. I totally get what you're saying. And Daryl was getting to an explanation of why you know it may be different. And I wanted to well, see what. Well, Go ahead. Due process. Uh, um, uh, I pre- I really like what uh, Nastasha and Bruce brought forward. It, it took my my sort of general statement and put it into in a very well said specific application and and your your uh, expression of it how how it's expressed comes through you and I <clears throat> I really like that uh, you guys added that in there thank you uh, due process uh, as referring to Nancy yesterday and uh, this idea of uh, punishment or uh, accountability. Well, okay, so it's interesting. We just had this little conversation, little, you know, mental intellectual kiosk about common law here over the last 10 minutes. And that's, that's due process as you, as you, the individual with your circle that you're uh, in contact with. And, and so that's that's that aspect of due process. Uh, on this on this other side of due process, where it comes to uh, uh, multinational corporations, uh, political bodies, militaries, um, these higher contracting powers, and and such due process for them. Well, I would. I would just suggest to you in this regard, uh, <laughs> as I've, and, and bless his heart, as I've tried to remind our friend Cody on several occasions, uh, 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 well, I, I'm not adverse to your intentions, but you have the cart ahead of the horse. Yep. <laughs> as my grandpa and grandma would say, boy, don't get your cart ahead of the horse. And so you can apply these, these uh, common law and due process to your own um, the contest being uh, well due process applied to the public at large and so that that ball is in play right now uh, and I would I would uh, respectfully submit to you to uh, this question is it is it possible uh, I think due process under the terms we're talking about, comes from the position of when due process has regained its uh, its uh, proper foothold and that doesn't exist at the moment it doesn't exist on a uh, uh, in, in actuality other than how you apply it to yourself you're not you're not going to it, it, let me put it to you this way the civil the civil authorities and laws are not going to bring themselves back under the jurisdiction and accountability of, of common law. Uh, well, common uh, law. They're not going to do that. You see, here's the May I throw? Yeah, go ahead, Sammy. Uh, the other day after hours, Alan was on, and we were talking about 1215.org. You know, Bill Thornton has got a number of videos there. And it's our our ability to bring that common law and and the way you enter your complaint is you you put i your name one of the people of the state that you're from 
in this court of record complain of and then you put in your complaint now you've according to Allen you've moved that court into a common law venue well they're wearing two hats in state court there's no question about that and, and you yeah. you were now you know bringing the complaint you're not the object of a complaint you're the moving party right yeah, so uh, law enforcement is under, let's talk let's talk federal law enforcement. They're under the scope and purview of uh, the Justice Department. Yes. The Justice Department is, uh, at, at this point, is a subsidiary of the State Department and uh, Treasury, and they all are under control of the IMF and the World Bank. Yep. So uh, you can you can move and file and motion and and do whatever you want to do uh, at 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 some vertical level as you try to penetrate into their sphere. Uh, you're you're going to be deal- you're dealing with you're dealing with the IMF. Okay, that's the, that's the sovereign. Uh, that's the sovereign. Uh, the the reason I call them sovereign is because they can do no harm. They can they can't well they, they do a lot of harm, but they can't do any wrong. The king, the king cannot can be no held wrong. to the law. All the plenary okay. men. And uh, so, Daryl, do you remember? And yeah. I, I don't, uh, and I don't know that you do. You heard this story back in Tom Schramm's early days when he was still married and fighting the IRS. He's a guy. Tom Schramm got turned onto this through Clarkston, Bruce. By the way. So I'm on a cable access TV show one night, okay? And so Tom got in this big battle with IRS, and they were trying to – he was had a real good job, was making a lot of money back then. He had all these toys and stuff. And they were coming after him, and his last resort was to go into bankruptcy court and file, and the question that stopped him cold was who is the party of interest? Right. And they would, they, they literally couldn't go forward. They wouldn't come. Yeah, because they had to come out and say it was the IMF, see? Okay, for the audience. They had to come out and answer that question. It's the IMF is the party of interest here. And so they had them total, the IRS totally in a corner with that. And then his wife divorced him and he had to come out of bankruptcy court and they nabbed him. But that, he had them totally stopped with that. Yeah, that sounds like Clarkson. That's the way Robert was. Yeah. Well, I mean, he sued. He actually sued the law law uh, school. uh, His law school, University of South Carolina, right? Because they didn't teach him law. He won his case in in Supreme Court of South Carolina, right? All right. Anyway, I just that came to me uh, when you're talking about IMF and stuff, and thought that was a pretty smart little move to back him into a corner like that. Well, that I mean, don't don't. I, sh- I hope people don't take that as uh, as uh, being uh, a statement of despair or depressing or, or negative. Oh, in fact, it's quite the opposite. It means that you can affect uh, change in in your own life through uh, what I call uh, uh, political repentance for the remission of complicity. Uh, you can repent from that. You can you can uh, learn what. Uh, Bruce is talking about and Nastasha and you can see that when you listen when you hear Bruce and Nastasha you hear people 
and and others. Okay, uh, but but those two in particular, right on this topic, subject matter is you can you, you can hear when there's when they're speaking, they're speaking from a position of uh, they've applied uh, the effort to read and understand and deal with their not only the contradictions that are made in the general uh, uh, you know communication, but uh, with uh, their own contradictions. They've, they're, they're looking at the law, they've studied this, and they've come to make it their own, and now they're applying it in their own lives. So yeah. that should be an empowering statement. Yes. If, which uh, the the dialectic of that, the converse of that, the other side of the coin of that is the people that in their because of their, um, well, I don't know. This is going to sound harsh. Uh, childish immaturity are looking for a political hail mary pass that somebody else is going to throw for them. In the uh, in the stadium, uh, in the gladiator stadium of politics, and and you know uh, turn turn over two hundred years of uh, this uh, material and and psycho emotional and metaphysical uh, are going to overturn all this. Well, that that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen that way. You don't you don't want these big changes to happen. You want from from the top down. You want you want a domino cascading effect of little changes building from the bottom. Yep. And uh, that's that's that is uh, you know that's the ant and the grasshopper. See, you know, we can we will, can cut you know. the head off the snake with this affidavit, but we got to do it individually because your freedom's an individual thing. Now, this spreads, and we get a bunch of people doing this and having some semblance of this knowledge. It's a different story. But that's where we got to get. The other part I wanted... We have to... Go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to add one thing quickly, is that with the process that I'm using and started in 2021 is that, say, if one of these individuals decides to go to an attorney and respond back to me, no, sorry, that attorney doesn't have firsthand knowledge. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing directly with the, the aggressor. And so their, their lawyer, their attorney is totally discounted. They have no place in it whatsoever. No so, standing. No standing, because they don't have firsthand knowledge. And my documents apply specifically to the individuals. And it's also notice to principal is no, notice to agent is notice to principal and notice to principal is notice to agent. So it also goes up and it goes down and it goes to those who come after, <laughs> those who come under, those who come above. So you've, you've looped in the circle as well. So I just wanted to bring that in. So it uh, is empowering. I, you know, it's very empowering. Can I- can yeah, I clarify, no, please? Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've given them notice all the way down the line. They didn't answer, right? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, they acquiesced to everything you said. Exactly. You've won your case. You've won your case. Yeah. Yeah. I still have a few more things to, you know, sir, you know, give to them. But, yeah, no, so far they've not. No, you don't need to. You don't need to. You've won your case. Point blank. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Take it to a judge and show the process. You got administrative case in your hands right now that right. you won. Right. They didn't answer. Right. That's well, what I'm I mean. I still have to do the estoppel. So, but no, yeah. I'm saying you you don't okay. need to do that. Okay. Once you won your case, they're estoppel already. Okay. They've already well, been estoppel. You've already won your case. And the only way you could lose your case now is by submitting something else to them that they answer. Because so, then they're no longer in default. Right. Well, if they miss the time frame well, the first to, time around, they would, they'd still be in default. Well, that's where I, I, I'm, I'm going to give them the notice of default. Okay. I, I, I have so you're still, go. you're still in process. Yeah. Okay. No, she's, she's already done it. But you're 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 correct, Bruce. I, I mean, like you're correct, but I I need to, I need to serve them with a notice of default. I would say if you're going to try and take this yeah. to any kind of a court yeah, setting and further it, that you're going to want to dot every I and cross every T before yeah. you do that, because that's going to be stacked against you from the start. Right. So. Okay, Bruce. We're, I'd like to talk to you later. So thank you. Okay. Well, no, you're right about default. They put them in default because they are in default. Right. But the the second step is notice of fault, and then default. But you, you yeah. there, then does default and default. So yeah, put a default in. That's it. Yeah. They don't have. They can't uh, answer that. Like, they're in default. Right. I like, I like the I like the judgment, and cl- and uh, collection part. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> collection. Yeah. Right. Let me let me give you a let me give you a, a, a statement of affidavit here. Uh, this was this was associated with somebody. Now this is this is common law. Okay, what I'm about to read to you. Uh, I practice a Christian faith. My faith is informed by Matthew twenty two twenty one. Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. My faith practice recognizes that my body belongs to God and not to any governmental agency or private organization. A mandate to put something in or take something out of my body is outside of the scope, purview, and prerogative of uh, whatever uh, business corporation. Because of the very nature of my status, standing, and capacity as a child of God and not a possession of said entity. Okay, uh, so I, I sort of cleaned that up a little bit, taking out the particulars, the uh, to what uh, you know for privacy matters. But that was written about a year and a half ago, and completely shut down, completely stopped, shut down any further harassment or efforts on a part of this uh, business to inject somebody very close to me. <laughs> with their punitive processes or anything else. That's the power of affidavit. That's the power of you re-empowering yourself yep. and and uh, overcoming your childishness. And taking action. Uh, don't forget taking for, don't forget taking action. Well yeah you have that's that's the end reason see if you if you say that you've been involved in problem solving and haven't taken action, uh, you haven't completed the the process. The, there's always an action action associated with problem solving yep. and, and uh, uh, so can I add in yeah, here yeah. something real quick like you better, do, you it better quick. do it quick yeah symbolism very important I think it was in 2018 
that the uh, big old nine-foot Baphomet was rolled in and the Ten Commandments were rolled out from the Arkansas courthouse. Yep. So what's that tell you? Okay? Just take that worldwide. That's the law, the law of liberty. If everyone if everyone abode by the Ten Commandments, there would be liberty. You didn't wouldn't need to lock your doors, your That's car. Right. So there you go. Yep. Okay, good show today, folks. We covered a lot of good ground. I hope you uh, found it interesting, enlightening, educational, and furthering of your understanding on this little slavery deal we're in. So uh, we will be back tomorrow, of course. I'm going to put that uh, link to the BitChute Jews of, and Russians in the show description today. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow because it was really interesting. Um, otherwise than that, anybody got any closing comments? We've got about uh, 20, 20 seconds. Okay, guess not. Thank you, everybody. Yep. I'll clank the Crosby, Stills, and Nash up here, and I'll let y'all dwell on this for a minute. See you tomorrow.